When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Monday, August 9th. And every Monday night, we're talking LA Galaxy. That, uh, you know, tough game, uh, 1 1 draw. We're going to hear breakdown, breakdown everything. We're also going to talk about uh, Galaxy celebrating a Jamaican Independence Day, which was cool, the pregame tailgate. So I got, you know, I got to hang out with some of the Galaxy fans, do some fan interviews that I'm going to post uh, later this week. Those were great. But let me introduce my guests. We got Alex Ruiz once again, and we got Johnny Bolin. Alex, how you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, obviously, disappointing result on the weekend, but there's a lot to learn from. And I think there's some optimism in the team, but we'll talk about that later in the show. Yeah. Johnny, how you doing, man? Uh, I know I saw both of you guys at the game. Yeah, man, I'm doing great. Same thing, you know, kind of a, a bummer tie, but I think that, you know, there's a reason for that. And I think there's easy adjustments. So I'm, I'm stoked. I'm overall, I'm happy. Yeah, uh, you know, Galaxy's still in third. They had a chance to go in first, but look, it just it just wasn't you know wasn't their time this time. But they're gonna get another shot at it. Um, but look, look, let's talk about the pregame. Uh, Alex, I don't know if you saw a little bit of the, of the pregame festivities, the tailgate. Uh, the Galaxy were cel- celebrating uh, Jamaican Independence Day. Um, I got to do some fan interviews. I, I ran into Johnny, um, but yeah, Johnny, well, we'll start with you because you guys were at large. You guys had the whole setup. You guys had music. You guys had food. Uh, you guys literally had everything. Uh, tell, tell me about what was going on there. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, we were celebrating uh, J- the J- Jamaican Independence Day sort of thing. I don't know a lot about that, so I can't I can't dive deep into that. But we had a lot of, you know, awesome people celebrating. We had people making drinks, people making food. We had Bixby uh, bring his DJ set up, and we played a lot of awesome tunes. And it was just a great time, you know. And I said this in that little interview, and I'll say it again. It's always a great atmosphere at a large tailgate you know it's just like essentially like a big family cookout so you guys are always welcome it's a great time alex can have a drink in two years so or three years four years three three four years yeah yeah countdown has begun (laughs) just give me just give me a caprice then johnny yeah (laughs) so you know you saw it. it it was awesome yeah no it's good so look i got a video from bigsby so some of you guys uh if you guys didn't enjoy the, didn't get to see some of the tailgate, it was cool. I didn't, I didn't notice it at first, but until I found Johnny, it was amazing. There's a couple people wearing Jamaican jerseys. I got to talk to a couple of Jamaicans out there. Um, the food looked amazing. The drinks were amazing. Right before I met met up with you, Johnny, I literally, ate, I ate. So I was like, man, I shouldn't have eaten. Like I, I shouldn't have eaten because I saw the food looked delicious, but I was already stuffed. I already had, I was already, you know, I already had drinks. I had your water wide water i should say i didn't have drinks but i you guys were having a good time they were talking about the jamaican rum and everything i look i look, I look like a great time but look I, I got a joy with you let's play this video So as you can see, there was a DJ. Uh, you saw a little bit. Of, I, I that video didn't show wh- where they were cooking everything, but that's uh, that's like the best video that I was able to find. Um, but it was cool, man. I, I gotta say, I gotta give it up to Galaxy. I gotta give it up to uh, you know Lars and everything you guys did, uh, because you know I didn't know how how big like Jamaican uh, Independence Day was for the Galaxy and the Galaxy community. Uh, you know, me just being, I think maybe I was like probably 20, 30 minutes, but like I had a good time just talking with everybody, talking Galaxy, and it was cool. I, I just wish I would have got there sooner. Yeah, it, you know, in my head, 
that like stuff like that shows like why Lars is so special is because we have things like, you know, we're all very diverse and we always like to celebrate our diversity. So it's like, you'll see stuff like that pretty frequent throughout the season. So that's the first of many, well, not the first, but you know, we do that all the time is what I'm trying to say. So always come by, you know, grab some food, grab a beer. You're all welcome. <laughs> yeah. And I should say uh, shout out to Bigsby. That was his video. So shout out to him. Um, I, I actually got to ran, ran into him and got to talk to him. He was really cool. But yeah, like the, everything that I that I saw there, man, I, I was like, man, I was very impressed. And I, I look, I don't know too much about uh, Jamaican Independence Day, but uh, I, I wished it was every week because the food, I'm telling you, man, the food was was pretty bomb. Just looking at it, and there was a long line. And, and like I asked you, I was like, Johnny, do I got to pay? Like, say I've never been to a Galaxy game. Do do you got to pay for that? Do you got to pay pay for the tailgate? No, like you don't got to pay to for the tailgate to hang out and stuff like that. Like obviously, if you're drinking like twelve beers and stuff, we would ask for like a donation or something because we do have like a donation jar, uh, and like a lot of people will come and just like bring a six pack or something like that. But ultimately, it's free. You can walk in and enjoy and have a fun time and relax and vibe out. Yeah, no, it looks good. And Jose said tailgate looked amazing. Uh, it, def- it definitely was. Uh, Alex, were you able to see? Would you ever experience some of the tailgate? No, unfortunately, I wasn't able to uh, on Sunday. There's no, there's no age restrictions, right? There was, there's no one checking your ID, right, Johnny? Oh, there is, <laughs> there's no age restriction, but like I said, we have tons of Capri Suns uh, <laughs> for all the Alexes out there. Alex, where were you, bro? Come on now. Yeah, next time I'll go, I'll, I'll get pick up my Capri Sun. I hold you to it. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 got to you you got to look and it and it was cool and there was there was a you know throughout the, all the supporter groups you know being able to talk with them and and the way you guys did it like the DJ setup it, it was amazing everything that was there man uh, definitely look forward uh, to the next game uh, obviously hang out with you guys and, and kick it with you guys um, obviously you know now we got to let's talk about the game right there was a there was a lot of things that you know leading up to this game there was there was a lot of cool things. Um, you know, with with the Galaxy, Jonathan Dos Santos was back. Uh, you know, that was a big thing. Obviously, the passing of his father was, was a very big thing. And obviously, for him to come back um, and deal with everything. And I, and I felt the Galaxy, uh, I think it was Lars. I think it was also you guys that, that had uh, the thing, the, the, the banner, his father and everything, which which was really cool. So I got the video. I'm going to play the video. And then um, you guys give me your thoughts on it. <laughs> I mean, that's just amazing. I love when uh, supporters and everybody, you know, is behind their player. And really, you know, obviously, you're you're all a community, you're all a family. Obviously, if someone goes through something as a player, right, you, you got your, you got your players back. Alex, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, just really good gesture, obviously. And you know, for anybody, the passing of your father is going to, you know, be very detrimental loss for your life, really. And you know, to see that he's getting so much support, you know, at the stadium and you know, also online as well, you know. Everybody's with him. Even uh, Danny Alves this past weekend in the Olympics, you know, even mentioned it, you know, wishing the best for Jonathan while he was uh, talking to the media after his gold uh, gold medal, you know, match after Brazil won. He talked about it. So I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's crazy. He's getting tons of support and he really deserves it. You know, Jonathan and Gio, you know, have both been big staples of the Mexican national team for the last decade now. So, you know, it's great to see that they're getting all the support that, you know, from the fans that have watched them for over the past 10 years, you know, watched them develop as as players and as men, you know. So it's great to see that he's getting the support as well because, you know, people do need that kind of support when it comes to a, a big situation like, you know, the passing of your father. Yeah. Johnny, uh, how long how was, how was that planned and everything? Obviously, it said Forca, Zizinho. Uh, uh, tell us about what, what you, you guys and Lars uh, doing that, obviously, special tribute to Jonathan Dos Santos' father. Yeah, so so when this originally happened, uh, we all wanted to brainstorm and, and, and talk about it. Uh, you know, Jonah has been a big part of the, of the Galaxy and Lars in general. Like, he's won player of the year before with us. We've always loved Jonah because he always just gives 100%. Um, and with that situation, I, I give all the credit to Jose Salgado and uh, Eric Sandoval. Um, they always they make those banners. The banner you saw with uh, Totino, they made that banner. 
Um, Eric hasn't been to a game yet, and he's helped make all these banners. Always been to wow, one game, incredible. but it's incredible. And you know, it, it kind of shows why these you know fans are so special, especially those two guys. It's you know they they really do. They they love this team. It is we all do. It's the core of who we are, and having fans like that proves that. So they planned it. They planned it. They created it. They made it. Uh, we put it in the stadium, um, and it was just great. And I just got to say, man, for the full ninety minutes, Jose sat there holding that banner up. That's impressive. That's you know, it's just he's he's a legend. He's so awesome. So, you know, uh, it, it, there's there's you know more to come with it. The only thing is, is it's just like, you know, we're always going to be there with for Jonah, and I and I, and he's going to get through this, uh, not just with the team itself, but with the fans with him. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the that's the best thing. Always having, you know, obviously your captain's back and everything. Obviously, no, no I've never experienced anything like that. But, uh, you know, obviously, I don't know what he's going through, but I know it always feels good to have the support of your community, support your fans behind you. Um, yeah. And, yeah, no, that, that was a special tribute, and I wanted to play the video because you could tell he, he really appreciated uh, what you guys did for them. Andy in the chat says, wow, Gio, the feds are watching. I don't know. Well, I don't know what you mean by that, Andy, but hopefully they're going to learn a little bit about the other galaxy. So we'll teach, <laughs> you, we'll teach them a little bit about football if they are watching. So. <laughs> But yeah, let, let, let's talk obviously uh, about the other galaxy. Uh, let, I want to I want to start off with the with the lineup. Um, let me just pull that up here so so we can look at the lineup. So obviously the lineup, obviously Jonathan Bond and goal, the Afania, obviously in the left back, Derek Williams, the second Kurobali, another pairing of the uh, center backs, Araujo at the right, you got Legere, Ravelson, uh, Dos Santos in the midfield, and then you had obviously Grant Sir. Uh, Efrain Alvarez on the right, and then Cabral as, as the number nine striker. Um, Alex, what were your thoughts on, on this lineup? Obviously, you know it's a it's a very uh, you know limited lineup to to what they could do. Obviously, on the up front because uh, Chicharito obviously wasn't available. Um, what was his name? Dejan. Uh, Dejan Jovalich. Dejan. There we go. Dejan. I don't know. I always get confused. Um, obviously, he wasn't available just yet. But what what are your thoughts on, on this lineup? Uh, when I first saw this lineup, the number one thing that, you know, came to mind was the three in midfield are, you know, those are arguably the best three midfielders on the Galaxy team right now. Legette, Dos Santos, and Revelson, all three of them, I thought during the game, you know, I'm just going to say a little bit, I thought they were pretty well. But coming into this game, looking at the lineups, I was like, I'm going to pay attention to the midfield, see how they do, because most of the players who were hurt or in international duty are you know, they're, they're on the team right now. They're in the team sheet here. And I wanted to see how Jonah would do with Ryan kind of playing more of a holding role and see how Jonah would operate, you know, kind of being a bit more forward and pressing the defenders a bit more. Same thing with Legette, especially with uh, how Vanny likes to have the wingbacks uh, play a bit more ahead. You see that with Viafania and Araujo every single game. And, you know, Legette's that cover for Viafania, and I thought he did really good during this game, Legette, when it came to Viafania's cover. Yeah, no, I mean, I was really, I, I agree. I think that that is probably the strongest mid, midfield that they have. Maybe you can throw in Victor Vasquez, Efrain Alvarez. Maybe things change around. But I was, I was really interested uh, with that, with that three pairing because I mean that that's a very strong pairing. Jonah, Ravelson, uh, and Legit. Johnny, what, what were your thoughts on this lineup? The first thing that stood out to me, <clears throat> I know it sounds weird because he got the assist, was uh, Alvarez. I always am kind of skeptical on Alvarez being on the wing. And obviously he got an assist, so it's like I can't really hate on him too much. Um, but not having Victor Vasquez there, I mean, I, I felt uncomfortable with that because he's just such a class player. And I think having Dos Santos and Legit back, there's, and I always say this, I, I'm making an excuse for them, I feel like, but there is that piece of acclimation. They were on international duty for a month. This is their first game back. So I feel like there's still going to be some adjusting, like little adjustments. That's why I'm not too bummed about it is because we did pretty great, like with that considered, you know, uh, the Cabral goal. Well, we'll jump into that later, but you know, you get my point. I think it was okay. I think the Alvarez on the right was kind of weird, but he did all right. And I felt like the game was just us kind of getting back to, you know, that chemistry. Yeah, no. Well, just to add on to that. I, 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 I've seen, we've seen Greg Vanny play, play up right now, Alvarez on the right, but I, yeah. If, if he wasn't a, if he wasn't going to play on the right, I don't, I don't, I think Vanny really wanted to go with Legette, Dos Santos, and Robinson in the middle, and I, I, I feel like Efrain had a good first half, and I think he was, yeah. he ended up getting sub, I think for Sasha, 
uh, in the second half. But I mean, his passes were on point. He had he also not just Kevin Cabral's uh, goal, but he also had one to Grand Sir who skied it over the the, the <laughs> Loved his lines. Yeah, but like uh, Efrain, look. We've all known Efrain Avros's passing has always been amazing, even you know since Galaxy Two days, even since he was a youngster. But I think it's it's also the belief that Greg Vanny can sees him playing, obviously as the wing. Obviously, maybe if Chicharito's back, maybe that obviously Cabral's there, maybe Efrain maybe is not starting, he comes off the bench, or maybe he's in the midfield. But you know, it also shows to the amount of work that Efrain Avros has been putting because you know, like I really like. He's one, obviously, he's come back from playing from the Mexican national team. He didn't get enough playing time, but, like, to be called up, I think that was a big thing for him. Um, getting some confidence now Now he's back. Um, he's looked not he's looked pretty decent since he's been back, you know, and you can tell he's hungry. He's one of those yeah. players that's very hungry and wants to prove, and, he, and his passing has is, is, is been insane. Now, obviously, like, there's going to be a dilemma in the lineup once Vasquez is back, once Chicharito's back, right? Um Dejon, am I saying it right? I, I need to, I need to get the, his name. Right. I, I just say Dejan because Dejan Lovren from Liverpool. Dejan. So Dejan, one Dejan is available. So uh, Greg Vanny has a, has a great great uh, problem in his hands, right? He's gonna have <laughs> he's gonna have a lot a lot of options, and I think that's what you want when you're a great team, right? And that's what you want. You want competition for every for for every uh, every position. Um, so I, I think it's good. Obviously, the result wasn't good. They they played really good in the first half. They had a lot of opportunities, but unfortunately, they weren't able to capitalize. I got the Cabral goal here, so I'm going to play it. It's away from one defender, the second one as well. Still on possession, good pass ahead. Here's Alvarez, sends it on through. Cabral with the clean look at goals, goals! Kevin Cabral! And the pressure off of his shoulders to get into the back of the net. It is 1-0 Galaxy here in the 32nd minute. Goalkeeper caught no man's land, center back out of position. Efrain Alvarez with that killer pass that Greg Vanny, Greg Vanny talked about. He does exactly what he needs to do. So obviously you, you can see it there. Like obviously he was excited, his teammates were excited. Obviously, I know there's there's been a lot of talk about Kevin Cabral the last co- last couple of weeks, obviously about him finishing. It was good to see him get it was good to see him a score, obviously get a second goal, all his teammates, and he scored right in front of a Victoria block. Alex, what were your thoughts on that goal? I was just really glad that he scored because if he didn't, I know everybody would have lost their minds because he had a couple of opportunities, really good ones, just where, you know, his control of the ball just wasn't there and wasn't able to really get a good, you know, a good hit on the ball. But you knew he he had a chance to do so. Earlier beforehand, he had he was one-on-one with the defender but shot it with his weak foot. And uh, who's the keeper? Uh, Kripo, he was able to save it real, real easily. Um but yeah, even in the slow-mo replay, you can kind of see Cabral kind of didn't really control the ball too well. He was able to, you know, make it not go too far away. His touch was good. But I, I feel that's the one element from his game that will definitely help him. His control with the ball in like close situations. Because we know if Chicharito's right there, his ball control and his touch are perfect inside of the box. And he just strikes the first time and knows where the keeper, where to finesse it away from the keeper. And that's something I think Cabral's still trying to work on. I feel like when he came to the Galaxy, he was more focused on trying to power it over, get the ball a bit, you know, to the keeper with power quicker instead of trying to, you know, finesse the keeper and try to make him work a bit more uh, to score those goals every time he'd get a shot on target. But luckily he was able to score and just a really big boost for his confidence. You know, having one goal in nine matches, you know, was something that a lot of people were really getting on him, especially for being a designated player for the LA Galaxy. And then now scoring a second goal, and we'll have to see if he can keep the sub scoring again because that has been his problem so far, consistency on the attack. Some games he's he's on it. You can tell he's involved with the build-up play and trying to get the best opportunities for the team. And in other days, he doesn't get much touches inside of the box and just really struggles to a- affect the game in a positive way offensively. Yeah, no, no, no. look, you see the replay there. Obviously, it's in slow-mo, but it looks like he has all the time in the world. Uh, you know, no Vancouver players were able to step up. And I wasn't sure. I'm going to be honest. When I saw him there, I, I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to score because he had the goalkeeper and the defender. And then, obviously, it goes to the defender's leg, and I and he scores. And I, I looked around. I was like, oh, dang, he finally he was able to score again, which was a, which was a good sign. And it was and it was good, right? And, obviously, you know, the pressure essentially is off him because I, he's playing the number nine role. That's what you expect out of him. 
But Johnny, give, give me your thoughts on that Cabral goal. You know, like watching it live, I, I, I feel like Cabral gets super nervous whenever he is in a scoring position. And I feel like that goal, he looked super nervous. Great ball by Alvarez. He had tons of time. And he took like, what, like three extra touches after getting it just to like set himself up. It just seemed like, I, I'm always going to defend like at Cabral. I've been Cabral's number one defender on this show. Um, but I don't think that that was like this, a spectacular goal, even like when uh, the Vancouver defender got there, it just seemed like it was poor defending at the end of it. Right. It seemed like Cabral had so much time. He was kind of psyching himself out and he shot it right at the goal. I, I don't think that was like a spectacular goal, but I'm obviously sh- like stoked for Cabral and I hope that it gives him a little bit confidence moving forward. Uh, and maybe taking those one-time shots or, or maybe like, you know, improving his touch a little bit, but yeah, I wasn't extremely like impressed by that goal. I thought it was kind of like just poor defending. Yeah. I mean, look, a goal is a goal. Look, a goal, a goal is a goal. And I think, I think, you know, if he's able to score there, it helps him. It helps the team. Obviously right now he's playing the number nine. Um, and that's what you want to do. Obviously, you know, it wasn't the result that any, anybody wanted. Um, but look, that's just the way it goes, and they're the limited with the options, obviously, up in that attack. And he's been playing the wing, uh, he's been playing the number nine striker. And a- after the game, I, I gotta a- ask him, like, how how comfortable, like, you know, where does he feel more comfortable? Does he feel more comfortable playing a, a, the striker role or the winger? And I got the quote up here, let, let me let me just pull it up, uh, of the quote because I thought this was interesting, uh, of what he said. So, here's a quote. Uh, he says, I feel more comfortable with two forwards. That is where I played for the whole year in my previous club. I will play as the coach sets me, and I've become more comfortable uh, everywhere. So, obviously, that's what what he ended up saying. And I thought it was, it was interesting because uh, if he's used to playing with, uh, obviously, two two forwards, if anybody's used to playing with two forwards, then you got to do a lot more as playing the, the, the only forward or the only striker up there. So, there, there's a lot more that you got to do right because typically you can lean on the other forward or you you know you guys can, can help each other out but i think i saw that we we saw that one time with chicharito and obviously i think it takes it will take time for for those two uh to play up there i don't know now with the the dejan uh dejan am I, I need to get it right now that he's going to be available I, I see more cabral as a winger but i think seeing that or him voicing that just told me a lot about like okay what where he feels more comfortable and, and what what he sees for himself. Alex, what were, what was your thoughts on, on what Cabral had to say? Yeah, very interesting. I I really sat on that quote for a while because you know as a striker, you know I I played it a little bit. You know, obviously you being the only striker up front is going to be a lot more work on you and going to really depend more on how you build up with the midfield. You know how you position yourself between the center backs. And just how you try to get into smart positions uh, throughout the whole 90 minutes or ever how long you play. When you're, when you're with two forwards, it's definitely a lot simpler because you can just do one-two with the other forward. You can have one forward get in behind while you pull back and, you know, create chances that way. So I think Cabral still trying to get used to uh, his supporting players just because they've, they haven't been consistent all year, right? You've had Victor Vasquez, Sasha Kleshin, Efrain Alvarez now who, yeah, he does play on the right, but I feel he likes to drift inside a lot more. And that's really kind of where he succeeds a lot in his game so far at the moment. You've had Jonah just come back. Um, Revelson's kind of been playing all over the place during this, you know, tough stretch in the, of the past month. And then Legette, you know, coming back in and out with international duty. So I think it's it's a lot harder right now for Cabral to really get on the same page with his midfielders when he really hasn't gotten much time with them on the field. You can have as much time in practice, but in the game, it's a whole different whole different story so i think he's still learning to be the singular striker for now and at the same time still learning what his teammates what their tendencies are what they like to do how they pass the ball so i think there's a lot more than you know just cabral not succeeding as a striker you know there's a lot more behind that and i think people really need to notice that a lot more and that needs to be you know shed more light on because that's really the main reason why you haven't seen you know him keep up and maintain like a lot of scoring this season I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You you brought up so many different things of the personnel coming in and out, and you know I think you're you're right. You're right, uh, Johnny. Johnny, what what are your thoughts? I mean, you hit you you hit every point, man. Uh, something that I think, you know, I've said it all the time. We got to give Cabral time. We do because he has a certain style that he likes to play, and he has the talent. 
but he's trying to change the way he goes, you know, he plays on the field. He's trying to figure out how to work with having these attacking wings rather than having a second forward with him. And like I said, it's just a matter of time, you know, and it's just little things he's got to tighten up. He's a fantastic player. He's great on the one-on-one. It's just, it's literally finishing. You know, he has all of it. He can play without a second striker. He's already done it. He just has to figure out how to finish and be confident in his finishing. And then it'll be all good. You know, just give him time. And even if this season, like, if, if he doesn't start to get it toward the end of the season, I'm confident that the offseason he's going to figure it out. I know he's going to figure it out. The signing was kind of an investment with the Galaxy, I felt. And he's going to be fine. He just has to figure out how to finish, you know? Yeah, no, I'm just, I mean, just to add to that, look, uh, another thing that he'll have to do, and this is just with time, is just obviously uh, adjusting. I don't think he's adjusted to the physicality of the league. I don't think he will until next season. Uh, maybe he maybe have to hit the weight room a little bit more. And just just different things like that, learning how to adapt, learning how they 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 defend him, and he's gonna get pushed around. But by no means do I not believe in this kid. I love I love the way he plays. I think those are just very limited things. But at the same time, it's not riding on Kevin Cabral, right? This season's not riding if Kevin Cabral scores or not. That's I mean, you got Chicharito and Dejan now, so it's like you know, to him, like right now where he's playing. That's not where he's going to be playing once playoff times comes, right? Uh, let's hope Chicharito. Obviously, if Chicharito's healthy and all these different things, we we can assume that Kevin Cabral most likely is going to play on the wing. Um, so, and then obviously he's look, he's looked good there, and he's looking more comfortable. Uh, Grand Sear looked more comfortable. Out. You know, obviously he skied one over there, but he, he's getting getting more and more comfortable. And I think, I, look, even though they didn't get the result, I think I think it, it's it's still looking good. Once once you get the forwards back, I'm gonna get into. Um, a comment from uh, G-Man. What's up, G-Man? Hope you're doing good. Always great to have you on the podcast. His comment says, uh, when the Galaxy first announced Cabral, Vanny mentioned Cabral could play on the wings and as a forward, so I don't think he's to, he's to learn as much. Um, maybe not learn as much the position, but I think uh, what, what Alex's point was saying, uh, with all the personnel turnover, uh, right. Uh, sometimes some weeks it's right. It was Ralverson and, you know, Adam Saldana feeding you the ball next week is legit. Next week is Jonah Dos Santos. So I think that turnover, because there, there's, you know, Victor Vasquez who can put the ball right on the money every single time. Right. It, it's different, you know, where, or Jonah or Efrain Alvarez. So I think that is where it, it makes it difficult for some of the forwards. Right. And then someone who's still adjusting to, to, to live in an LA, moving to a different country. There's a lot of different things, but look, you're right on one aspect, G-Man, that he doesn't need to learn. But I think uh, if you heard us earlier, he's more comfortable playing with two forwards. And and I think that also has uh, something to do with it. So, uh, you know, by no means, I, I think everything will work out. I think we just got to see what happens this next ne- next Saturday, who's going to be available uh, for the Galaxy. Um, let's talk about Efrain Alvarez. I mean, see he he had the assist. Um, Alex, what were your thoughts on Efrain in this game? Yeah, I mentioned previously that I think you know on the team sheet you do see Efrain lined up as you know right midfielder, right winger, but his tendency is a lot to you know drift inside, you know, become that fourth extra kind of midfielder, you know, uh, trying to pick a pass here and there, and then obviously you have Araujo overlapping. And I really like the combination of Efra and Araujo. I think uh, Efra's technical ability really uh, helps and just makes Julian Araujo a lot better attacking-wise just because he can place the ball perfectly for Araujo. He, he's a really good at through balls, Efra. I, I, I've really, over the years, really grown to appreciate, you know, how good he is at that at such a young age. I'm like, just wow, you know, he has a lot of potential passing-wise. But like I said, you know, he needs to improve when it comes to his finishing and just being consistent overall because being a national team player means you need to be playing at the top level at your club. You know, that's how you're going to get picked for the squad. He was picked in the Gold Cup, and I kind of think it was just to secure him, you know, for the Mexican national team, but not because of his, you know, playing style and how he's doing at the Galaxy. So now it's it's time to prove, hey, I can put up you know good performances with the galaxy so i can continue to be called up to the national team so so far over these last two games Efra has really impressed me when it comes to the build-up play because it's really important for the galaxy to just maintain possession and that's really how they get to the opponents right keeping possession of the ball you know somebody's gonna make a run and then boom get a pass in there cross it in hopefully somebody's there or somebody can cut inside and 
get an effort on goal and then boom goal and then that's usually how the galaxy play Ephra, like like geo you mentioned is gonna have a bit of a dilemma with Jarito coming back because are they gonna have to put him on the bench and become a sub is he gonna stay who's he gonna who's gonna be benched on on this lineup that was in the last game right because chicharito or dejan they're Whoever is playing striker, we don't even know if it's going to be just Chicharito. We don't know if it's going to be two with Chicharito and Dejan playing up front. So there's a lot of problems. In, well, not problems, but a lot of questions, and there are answers right now on the future of the lineup. Efra's doing his best and just doing his best to prove to Vanny, hey, I keep me on this team sheet. I can impact the game. Look, I've had an assist in the goal in the last two games. I've helped lead this offense and become consistent. And once he came off in the second half against Vancouver, you can definitely tell the tempo of the team changed when it came to keeping possession of the ball and when it came to attacking forward. Yeah, I mean, he he created a lot a lot of those opportunities in the first half. He played 65 minutes. He was uh, obviously subbed off for, for Sasha. You know, getting saw or yeah, for Sasha Kleston and he got subbed off. Um Johnny got you got some love in the chat from Gary Pietro. He says, "What's up Johnny?" Um but yeah, okay. let, let's get your let's 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 get your thoughts obviously on Ephraim because obviously I feel like he was the one creating everything in the offense. Second half, obviously, the wheels kind of fell off for the Galaxy. But, but what were your thoughts on overall his performance? So I want to also touch up. Last season, in general, with Alvarez, we all want him to succeed. And I think that we have this potential, this view of uh, uh, Alvarez, that he's going to be this this great player. That he's gonna, And I think he will. Uh, but last season, we didn't see that. Last season, we saw a kid getting used to the league. We saw a kid that was inexperienced. So a lot of us are skeptical moving forward, including myself. Like usually when I see uh, Alvarez, like I said before, as a winger, I'm kind of like, uh, but yeah, last game he did fantastic. He really did. I mean, he had an assist. He was, he was doing well on the wing. I think that he does very well in the midfield, like, you know, a bit more central, kind of like how Alex was saying. And he always wants to drift um, kind of to center mid, which I honestly prefer for him, but it seems like he's kind of coming into his own. He's getting confident. He's, Getting those national team call-ups, I feel like have helped him kind of be like, I am this good. I can do this. And not to mention just as a player, just like the way he he looks on the field now versus before, it's night and day. You know, I'm still like weird about him, you know, on the wing and in certain positions, but I think that he's finally becoming the player that we've all wanted him to be. Um, as far as him getting subbed, I thought I thought it was pretty early. I'm always happy to see Question go out and do his thing. I love Sasha Question, um, but there's been points in games where I feel like Question, like we've had issues where managers won't make subs early enough, and I feel like sometimes Vanny will make subs too early, and then the gas is t- uh, the foot's taken off of the gas, and then we start to you know lose momentum. And I feel like that was kind of the case this last game. I mean, you know, right when Alvarez went off, you guys are right; it, it was kind of like a different team. So uh, I would like to see him stay on. I want to see how he continues with the club. Uh, I wouldn't mind like seeing him go a little bit more center, uh, center mid, maybe have like Legette on the wing. Um, but yeah, I, I was really happy with what I saw. Yeah, no, no. And just to add on to that, yeah, the, the game, the opportunities weren't really there for, for the LA Galaxy uh, of, from play, right? There was, there was other opportunities, but and Fryan was, was essentially, you know, he was, he was creating all these opportunities. And I'm with you. I think, I think 65 minutes for Fryan. I don't, to me, I don't recall him being tired or anything like that, but I think I'd maybe give him 70, 75 more minutes or 75 minutes uh, because he was creating all these different chances, uh, you know, even though he was tucking in a little bit. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that sub might have been a little a little too early for, for, for me and for what he was doing for the game because um, obviously Sasha came in. Uh, the game wasn't looking good in the second half. And, look, let's talk about the second half of the LA Galaxy. They started off slow. They got scored on with, with I think, about – Five minutes in and about the 50th minute, Jonathan Bond probably didn't come out. Then in time, uh, coming out right, Vancouver ties the game. And Galaxy had a couple opportunities, but it never looked like in the second half that the Galaxy had control of this game. Uh, Alex, what were your thoughts on the second half? Yeah, let's talk about the goal real quick. So you mentioned, right, Jonathan Bond comes out of his goal. And I forgot the name of the defender from the Whitecaps, but he comes in just in time in front of Bond and scores that goal. And I was noticing that the defender on him was Sega Koulibaly. Now, Koulibaly, we haven't really seen much of, nor do I think we can judge him as a good or a bad player with the Galaxy just because he's missed time with injury. And he came off the bench, I think, against Portland. So I'm not going to count that game, right? So we're barely seeing Koulibaly and Williams play. Watching with Derek Williams, I I love this dude. Great 
with the ball at his feet and just really dominant in the air. Um, I didn't look at the stats, but I think he's been the best Galaxy defender when it comes to clearing out headers. He's definitely saved us a couple of times uh, with the crosses coming into our box and him just clearing them out for whether it be corners or into the midfield for somebody to clear away. Williams, you can definitely say, is the most dominant player in the, in the air for the Galaxy. Now, Sayyid Koulibaly, on the other hand, he struggles a lot in the air. I, I don't think in the last game against Vancouver, he won a single header, um, nor do I think he was able to clear out a single ball with this head. And that's going to be something the Galaxy really are going to need to work on because if teams know that we can target one of their center backs you know, in the air and we can get a goal off of that, that's going to be a really huge problem. With, with Stares, uh, we, we talked about it earlier, right, Johnny? Something happened between Johnny and Stares. We, we can get into another time. <laughs> uh, Nick DePew has looked solid all year. I don't think – I think he still deserves a spot over Koulibaly, but I understand why Vanny would want to put him over just to see how he does since he hasn't really gotten much time. But that's one one thing that needs to be addressed when it comes to the defense. Say Koulibaly in the air just isn't going to work. Derek Williams – does really, really good in the air, clears the balls out every single time. But like I mentioned, if teams in their game plan know, hey, let's target Sega Koulibaly on corners, let's target him when we try to cross uh, the ball into the box, it, it's going to be really hard because so far from what I've seen at the games that I've been to, he just doesn't have what Derek Williams has in the air. Look, let's talk about I got the replay. That I was just able to pull it up, so we'll, we'll look at the replay. Right on top of the ball. And- Right to the top of the six, the header, they score! Vasilinovic able to get to that ball in front of Bond, and suddenly we have a new game. 1-1 here inside the 50th minute. And this is what I was talking about. They they set up right on top of Bond, and they just create a lot of traffic. It's so difficult for goalkeepers to maneuver through the traffic. Vasilinovic just comes off. About two steps and just redirects the ball to the back post. So you can see Koulibaly's on him. But when you're moving away from goal, the defender can't get to it. Bond is too late trying to get through that traffic. He comes out like that. you got to get the ball. But Veselinovic is first to the ball. Just a glancing header. Finds that back post. Now all of a sudden, game on. Obviously, what, what you were talking about there was second Koulibaly. Johnny, what, what were your thoughts on, on that goal? Well, I think Baselvenovic, who scored the goal, I think that he did a great job moving in the box. We had to give him credit for that because I think a lot of it was marking because he, he ran up and it seemed like Sega was kind of trying to run and then catch up and then header it away because, it, and, and you know, it was just a mess up. It, it seemed like a problem of marking, if anything, to me. Um, mostly, though, it's like, dude, Sega's six feet tall. He's huge. I think he just has to find his place when it comes to like winning those headers. And I think that it's just going to take small adjustments to get to that point because he also has shown tons of awesome sides of his game too. He's hyper aggressive, which we like. There's points where the, when the ball's obviously going to go out, he's freaking like running as quick as he can to it a hundred percent every single play, which is what we love to see in our defenders. Uh, I think it's just little adjustments. I'm a huge Depew fan. I always have been. I never mind if uh, Depew is starting, but I understand why he's not. I know Vanny wants to try to get the best out of Sega he can, but I think it's too early to really make any you know, decisions yet. I think we still need to see a lot of Sega after his injury and everything being considered. Because, I mean, what do we say about Williams? Williams was kind of messing up, and we're like, he's got to get used to it. He's got to get back into it, and now he's kicking butt. You know, So same thing with Sega. He's just got to have a couple games under his belt, and, and I think he's going to do much better. As far as the second half goes, I think it's I think it's one of the worst parts of the Galaxy this season is whenever we're we get scored on like and, and they tie up or we're losing, the, the foot is off the gas and we stop, you know, going at 100%. We have to be consistent with our attacks, we have to be consistent with keeping uh, possession and honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this, make subs later. I want Adam Saldana to be better. Uh, I don't think he's the guy right now. I think if you're going to make any subs with them, do it in the last 2 minutes. He's just not being that guy he's not giving us really anything on the field um it's just those kind of situations make make smart decisions so that we can keep possession so we can keep the pace up and every single time we've made subs this season it's been the opposite yeah no look to, to your point i would just also add on the on the goal i think uh, i think that's one one play jonathan bond would want to have back because look as a goalkeeper if you're gonna if you're gonna come out 
your your job is to get to that ball. Obviously, I think he really mistimed it um, and didn't get to it. And obviously, that that capitalized. So, I would also put that goal on Bond. But mm-hmm. I, it's not something that that like you know like oh Bond, you know I don't have no confidence in him. I, it, look, it's a mistake. Yeah. It happens. It's unfortunate. But look, the rest of the half, the the team just didn't play good. Even even though that goal was scored, the team just didn't play good. A lot of different things. And to your point, also on Adam Saldana. I don't know. I haven't seen enough out uh, of Adam Saldana. He also came in the 65th minute for Jonathan Dos Santos. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. If Jonathan Dos Santos was. They talked about like, hey, you're playing 65 minutes, and then, but you know, when Adam has come in, at times, it, you know, it hasn't looked the best. And it, you know, we know he struggles on the defensive end uh, uh, on the on the midfield. So, I think I, I know Vanny. I think he's really high on him, but. Right now, and then also, look, we got to talk about it. It was a limited midfield. It was a limited roster, too. No no Victor Vasquez. We did see – I think you, you were talking about this. We did see Victor Vasquez before the game uh, running laps back and forth. But, like, I, I, once I saw that, I was like, I don't think he's going to play. He's just testing out. I think there's a hamstring injury that he's still dealing with. Yeah. Um, and he, he they were going to put him out there. So, I think he was just trying to warm up, see how it felt. But, um, but yeah, I think that that's what happens with, with limited resources, what you have. But I also feel like the Galaxy are lucky that they got one point because the way they yeah. played that second half, there was like one or two plays that I saw Joan Araujo save, and I and I and I, I was looking, I was like, they may lose this game because they they're playing so bad. They're, yeah, this is like the first time I've seen the Galaxy kind of run out of gas, if that's the right word, because they looked really tired towards the end. So I think maybe all these games, having so many games, obviously these guys coming from back from the Gold Cup. Maybe it is catching up to them, and look, it's probably also catching up to the to the rest of the teams in the MLS. Yeah, well, I think that a big thing to consider, like when I'm watching these games, is that when again, when we have a hundred percent team, maybe those early subs work. Maybe putting those guys in earlier works. Maybe when um, we have Vasquez, and then I don't know, like Alvarez comes on as a sub or something, then it's like okay, this, these early subs are going to help out a lot. Um, but again, it's like you're you know you put out you have a good point. Uh, our team is very limited. So with that being said, I mean, the we do got to sub a little later. And just to speak a little bit more on Saldana, I feel the exact same way about Saldana as I did about Alvarez last season. So it's mm-hmm. like if if that, if uh, Vanny sees Saldana being great in practice, I believe him. I do. I just don't see it right now. I think in time we will. I think that there's obviously MLS is an aggressive league. The pace is completely different. Um, and when he gets used to it, I think it's gonna be he's gonna be a completely different player. I'm just saying right now, don't make the Saldana sub so early. Get him in a little later in the game. You know, question's always a great sub. Who else do we have come in? We had uh, Augie Williams come in too. So yeah, yeah. Well, no, no Delina, De, uh, Danilo Acosta came in for Villafania in the 66th minute, but that was yeah. more because of an injury. It looked like uh, uh, Villafania was injured. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, you're right. We did we didn't play well. Uh, we do have a limited roster, but. Maybe that's just the change we got to do is, hey, you know, we know that these guys are tired, Vanny, but with a limited, you know, uh, bench like this, maybe make later subs, try to keep the pressure up, try to keep possession. Because uh, that game, yeah, I mean, honestly, we could have lost that game 110%. Yeah, no, I, to me, it was, I was like, if they lose this game, it's not going to look good. Because I think, uh, you know, in the standings, I think I think they're, they're last, right, Vancouver? But look, Vancouver has always been a, a, a tough well, at least this season for the Galaxy, it has been a, a tough game for them. It hasn't been an easy game, and I think that that typically happens uh, when when you have a, a team that you face a lot. Uh, I want to get into one more comment. Uh, G-Man says, "Hey, everyone on the podcast, rocking Adidas tops, representing <laughs> like soccer up three So, so yeah, I actually got a 2010 MLS uh, jersey. I was telling these guys, so I've been I've been getting some uh, throwback MLS All Star Games jersey, and this is from the Houston uh, All Star Game. So, look, I know I can't wear any uh, Galaxy or LAFC stuff because I'll get slandered. So I was like, you know what? Let me wear some All Star Game jerseys. But and that's that's the route I'm gonna go. So just to keep it safe. But look, let's let's look at the standings because um, the the Galaxy did have an opportunity uh, to go uh, to, to 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 tie I think or take first place. Um, unfortunately, they didn't. They did get a point, so they're sitting in third place with 32 points. Kansas City Stone first with 34. Seattle Stone second with 33. Colorado 28 points. Minnesota uh, 26 points. As you guys see there, Portland 23 and LAFC 23 at, at, at seven uh, place. 
So obviously, Alex, how are you feeling? Um, because the Galaxy, one thing that they have been consistent this last couple of weeks without Chicharito, they have not moved from where they where they've been in third place. And third place is not a bad bad place to be at. You're muted, you're Alex. Mute. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, definitely third place is not a, a bad place to be at all, right? Especially when this team has gone through Gold Cup roster kind of, you know, being swept over there. Then you also got a pile up of injuries. And then you have some players kind of being a little inconsistent here and there. So the Galaxy have been pretty lucky, to be honest. I think it's it's just been a little bit more luck than it has been the results on the pitch for why they've been in third place so far during this last month's stretch. Now, I'm looking here at the upcoming games for the other two ahead of the Galaxy. Seattle are going to face off against um, uh, the Portland Timbers in their derby on Sunday. And then you're going to have Sporting Kansas City playing Dallas. Now, I could see potentially Seattle losing to Portland or drawing. I, that's definitely in the realm of possibility. SKC, I think they played Dallas a couple of weeks ago and lost to them. So there's still another opportunity there for the Galaxy in order to climb up these standings which is a good thing. Now, they're going to be going up against Minnesota United, who have been in good form. They started off the season horribly. I think they lost their first five games, and then now they've climbed up all the way in the standings. Uh, Emmanuel Reynoso is definitely you know, a baller, and I, I love that dude. He's one of my favorite players aside from Galaxy players. I, I think he's a stud. And just overall, this Minnesota team looks to be heating up at the right time. So it could get a little scary here for the Galaxy in case a team like Colorado catches up. Minnesota could eventually catch up to them. So they want to get a result against Minnesota. And at the same time, if they do get a result and other results across the league go their way, the Galaxy still potentially could end up at first place by the end of the weekend. You make, you make, a, you make a great point. And if Dehan is available for them, you know that, that could be good. Is, is Minnesota, do they play on turf? I think they play on turf, they play mm. on turf. Well, they have a new soccer-specific yeah. stadium. I don't think. I don't think it's yeah. turf. I think okay. they actually have grass. Well, the the reason why I brought that up was like if if they play on turf, maybe we may not see Chicharito. Um, but if they play on grass, we, we may we may we may potentially see him. Um, even if he comes back, he's not playing ninety minutes. He's coming off the bench, probably playing fifteen, maybe twenty minutes. So, but yeah, no, I mean, you you bring up a great point. And look, even in seventh, look from seventh to what. 10th place that looks no from six excuse me from six to 10th place they're two points away so like portland could also jump up you know if they get a win they can jump up to fifth or they could drop right and obviously lafc is not doing uh so good right now so it's like if you look at the standings the galaxy there is a bit of a gap between colorado and, and right between first to third and then from fourth to fifth there's a little bit of a gap, right? The Galaxy have four points over Colorado. Uh, you know what they got? What six points over a Minnesota and nine points over Portland from sixth place. So they do got a little bit of a cushion um, there, you know, from first to third. Um, that's the positive, right? But like you don't want to drop so many points, and you definitely want to get a, uh, some type of result against um, Minnesota United, even if it's a draw. Obviously, if you if you get the win, obviously that's always what you want. So that. It's going to be interesting because, you know, obviously they go on the road and everything. And this is a big month for a lot of people in the MLS. You have the All-Star game. A lot of teams have the derbies, you know, the Classicos and everything. So it's a big month for the Galaxy. You know, hopefully we, we, we're we expecting, at least I'm expecting, maybe Chicharito comes back um, during during this this month, you know, especially because obviously we all want him uh, before the, before El Trafico. So he gets a couple games in. And I think, well, by the way, then you know, in the next couple of games. Um before we, we finish up here, I want to talk well, I got a couple more things, but I, I want to talk about the fans, the fan attendance, because um, I think it needs to be talked about. Uh, there was, uh, let's see, I got the number here. It was 16,234 people at, at the game this past weekend. Well, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Alex, I'll go with you first. Uh, yeah, really interesting and something that I also noticed too. The stadium didn't seem to have the same capacity as a couple of other weekend games did. And it, it's been kind of a weird, I think, past week, 24 hours, if you want to say. Uh, first of all, we'll start in the past week. I think most Galaxy season ticket members saw that their prices went up for the tickets for next season. And that did not sit well with a lot of, with a lot of season ticket members. 
you know, I understand, you know, you want to come and cheer the team and then, you know, the team's going to bump up the prices and you're going to be like, wow, I, I don't want to pay this much for a ticket, right? And then, then I can understand on the Galaxy why they might do that. Obviously, they've made tons of investments this year for their future. And it comes at a price, unfortunately. And I guess they're going to try to recuperate that in a way with season ticket memberships. And then the front office also decided to get rid of most of the street vendors by the stadium, right? Which on Twitter was not a very popular decision. Same thing yesterday with uh, the county sheriffs kind of really, I-, I would say, what's the word, antagonizing a bit afterwards the game when people were trying to celebrate. So that did not sit well with other people. So I think there's a couple of issues when it comes to the the fans and just the front office management of how they want the, the game day experience to be. I don't know how what the ticket prices were, so I, I can't comment on that or if maybe that was a factor. But I, I do see, you know, now that there are some certain problems between fans and uh, front office right here with the decisions that they've made that have not gone well with some of the Galaxy fans. Like I mentioned, kind of kicking out the street vendors and raising uh, season ticket prices. Those are things fans don't really don't really want to hear right now. And I don't know if that is also playing a part in the low attendance numbers as well. But I, I, I kind of need some more time and I think more research in order to figure out, kind of develop on my own the theory of why the attendance is, was low for the last couple of games. Yeah, I mean, you may, you make a great point. That's another point to it. But I think that's what happened this past weekend with the, with the cops and everything. Because I was, I was still in the press box when I heard. I was like, who is getting arrested? What's going on? Because the cops sounded really, really loud. And I saw what was posted later on social media. I think they posted that the cops were just like, uh, you know, putting on their horns and just trying to kick people out. And I'm like, that, that to me is odd. Like when you're on your stadium, you pay for the parking and, you know, you, people, fans want to celebrate or just hang out a little bit afterwards. And like, it was loud. Look, the press call is typically like maybe 20, 30 minutes after the game. And, you know, fans are still hanging that. That happens in every stadium. That happens in every stadium. But what doesn't happen in every stadium is the cops trying to kick people out like 10 minutes after the game happens. And I, I look, the Galaxy, you know, I saw a lot of people directing their comments at the front office and everything like that and kicking vendors out. Like, I look, I don't know the reasoning behind all that, but it's not a good look. That's what I will say, especially. And I think, you know, Isaiah had, brings up a comment here. I feel the attendance is underwhelming when I watch uh, the 4-1 versus Timber really showed. Uh, you know, this team is in third place. There, sh- there should be more people at this game. Johnny, what are your thoughts? So first off, uh, I want to say when it comes to like the fans and everything, like it, this is a new thing that they're doing, which I think is awesome. It's super fun. They get wild and crazy. But the thing is, and we've seen this in the past, whenever the Galaxy has something they have to think quick on, most of the time they make the wrong decision and then they fix it later. Um, what I think needs to happen is, is if they want, like if fans want to celebrate after the game and, and do their thing, do our thing, Keep the tailgate sections open because you saw we had like tailgate areas. Keep the tailgate area open at night and keep it open for another maybe 35, 40 minutes and then have everyone leave, have, have everyone celebrate, do their thing. Um, because security at Dignity Health is it's not great. I mean, it's not that they're not like securing things, but it's that they always change what they want to be angry about. And they always change these rules that have been a certain way forever. And it's always inconsistent. So I think the galaxy are going to see that uh, and hear and listen and probably, you know, keep the tail, like the tailgate areas open. They're going to figure something out because that looks good to have fans every single game get wild after like that. That would be so dumb if they missed out on that marketing opportunity. So that's my comment on that Um, real quick. Something that we haven't mentioned either is, is not to like bring it up because it's killed everything, but you know, COVID's jumping back in LA and it's freaking people out. I've been, you know, texted by a bunch of friends that you'll go to a lot of stuff just being like, Hey guys, I, you know, um, with the Delta variant and all, I want to like back off. And I've had my own friends that go a lot, do it. And, that makes sense. You know, I get it. I, I get it, you know, but that's a big part of it too, is that that variance out. And so I think it's a mixture of a little bit of everything. Day games always suck. We know that. I was sweating like a pig up there, you know. <laughs> it was so, I look, it was uh it was a uh, five five o'clock game, not the best. Yeah, yeah. and what Johnny said too, the scheduling too for the next upcoming games are weird. Having a game on a Tuesday and then on a Friday that same week, like like that's that's weird. And just having two uh, games during the weekday you know obviously attendance is going to be a lot lower compared to a weekend 
And and then you know Johnny also hated it, the nail in the coffin too. Again, uh, here it was saying that the day games like like around five o'clock, like how this last kickoff was. Like I was sweating too. Like me and Jill were walking when we met up, and then I had to go to the restroom. And like, dude, oh my gosh! Like when I got to my seat, <laughs> I was sweating so much. It was, it was it horrible. Was yeah. It was horrible. So I, I feel like that also kind of plays a factor as well. So I I didn't think about that, but I like that Johnny brought that up. You know what what I what I remember. I think there was a fight one game after. I think there was like a fight that was posted on Twitter. I think someone in it got knocked out. I think now that I recall, obviously it's not a good look when people are fighting outside the stadium, but it's also not a good look when cops are being what people think are being real ruthless cops, right? Because I kept hearing the siren just so loud. Um, so I think maybe that's what it was. Look, because even the, the commercial underground news, I like, heard there was a fight after the after a couple of games ago. Any truth to that? Yes, there was a fight. Well, I don't know if, how much of a fight was. I, I just saw the video, but I think that has to do with the, with some of the cops. But I, was, I think also to your point, Johnny, right? They want to be really strong. Like, hey, have the cops there. And but I think you should have the cops there, but still let people tailgate. That's you know what I'm saying. Because if you're paying twenty dollars or whatever to park there, like have it controlled like we're gonna let you tailgate but like as soon as you start things start popping off the wrong way everybody's getting kicked out and i think they went a little too strong you know because well, yeah well here's my thing uh, it's like i always support that i always say go crazy do your thing but it's work with us don't just be like we're done we're shutting it down work with us you know like say okay like i've always wanted like there's an area like this weird area Oh, yes. Thank you so much, Gary. I was going to yeah, say says, a Leon's field uses real grass, if anybody was wondering. Yeah, that's what I was looking at a couple of You disappeared. Oh, you disappeared. Where'd yeah. you go? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, they, Galaxy, they need to work with us. They will. I'm going to like just based on how they've handled things in the past, they will probably work with the fans and keep a tailgate area open and then have people just watch after it. Because newsflash, we all know this. There are fights at, like after so many Galaxy games. Like, you know, there's going to be fights. So having, you know, security around just to watch over it, but let people do their thing. So that if, the, if there is a fight, then they can kind of jump in and, and handle it. Not just have a cop sit there blaring a siren, you know? Yeah. It, it, this is a I, new I, thing. I didn't look, I didn't see, I just saw the video, but I just heard it from the press, how loud it was. Yeah. And, you know, and obviously it's not, you want to be strong, but it's like when it also blows up in the wrong direction, and people are complaining. I don't know that video might have got like five, six thousand views. Obviously, it's not a good thing. So, I think it's a little bit of both. Look, if fans are acting too wild. Obviously, the fan, the cops are there. But like, like if you're gonna have that many cops there, just let people let people hang out and stuff like that, drink and do all those different things in the tailgate. Because you still gotta let fans be fans. Now, when it comes to fighting and all that, uh, I'm not. You know, obviously, I'm not for that because that. No one wants. No one wants to see that anything. And look, typically after a game and all that, like you know, it, it happens. So it's like, you know, it's like, what do you do? I, I can see where the galaxy were at, um, where they were at, and all these different things. But I think when you're overly aggressive, what the cops were, it's, it's not. It's just not a good look. So we'll see what happens in, in the next home game. Uh, Isaiah says, are you talking about scheduling? He says MLS got weird scheduling. They should have started two to four weeks earlier than they did. And then you need to push it all the way to April seventeenth. I agree. I think there was also like the a lot of a lot of different things with uh, CBA and everything that led to that. Commercial says he Dodgers set a president for fights after the game. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do not in, after the game, during the game, and before the game, man. Look, Dodger fans. I'm a Dodger fan. I, look, I don't I don't get into fights, but man, I've seen some of those videos, especially with the Astro fans. And what oh yeah, over the past like, week, I'm like, that's not a good look. <laughs> That's not a good look. He said, never knew that was a precedent at Dodger games. Look, man. Yeah, you did, Isaiah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Isaiah, they're calling you, they're calling, they're calling you out. Uh, Dodgers had to settle Lawson due to a fan vote. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, look, the Galaxy are not the Dodgers. They're not They're not there. So that that, that that's, uh, that's a good thing. But, you know, obviously everybody, everybody has to work here, right? Obviously the fans and the cops. You got to let fans do what – do what they do. Don't kick them out right away. And as for the vendors, look, I don't know what what issue is if they're if they're if it's making the dignity health like dirty or anything like that. But like, I think it's always good to have vendors outside the stadiums. I, but I don't I don't run a team. I don't I don't run a stadium or anything like that. So I don't know what the reason is. But I think 
it's good because people want a five dollar hot dog or you know or whatever whatever they buy i think that's a good thing but they're not gonna allow vendors you know whatever the reason i think there's there needs to be a reason behind that yeah and i noticed that these fights happened right when the vendors left you see what, what these hot dogs do they help us keep the peace so I don't, <laughs> those cops so so those carbs sober people up exactly <laughs> well look man um that's all the time we have uh, i'll give you guys final thoughts alex any final thoughts no i don't have any johnny any final thoughts we're almost there baby we, we're just a little bit more tightening and we're going to be in, in first place. I tell you, I'm not excited for this Minnesota game, but uh, it, it, we're going to be first place. And I, I, you heard it here first. Yeah. I mean, look, next game against Minnesota and then back home against Colorado on Tuesday. So we'll see what happens. Look, everybody that tuned in, everybody that tuned in, you know, obviously on Twitter, Facebook, um, and also uh, YouTube, obviously. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. For, G- for uh, uh, Alex, for Johnny, this is Jill. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.